From Glitch HQ on Riverside Avenue in recreational, bikeable Minneapolis, this is Nice Games Club, the show where nice game devs talk gaming and game development. I'm Martha McGarry, and I make nice games. I'm Stephen McGregor, and I make nice games. And I'm Martha Croy, I too make nice games. For this week's GDC special, we talk to Mark LaCroix, calling in from San Francisco. And so, if everybody's ready, let's start. Yay! We've, we're finally recording. <laughs> it worked. It all worked out. That's pretty good. Well, don't get that excited. We, we only just started. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Yes. Well, uh, so Dale is also here with us. Hello. <laughs> and you did a lot of the script this time for us. Well, I did write the adjectives in. Yes. Because I went online and I have this idea that at one point, Minneapolis outranks San Francisco as the, I call it the most gayest, but I'm pretty sure that's not the, the proper term. <laughs> Probably not. But it's something like most gay friendly or most, yeah, you get the idea. Uh-huh. Above San Francisco, which is traditionally a very gay friendly city. And so I picked two two adjectives that describe Minneapolis where Minneapolis has actually outranked San Francisco by just a little bit. So Minneapolis is number one and San Francisco is number two or Minneapolis is number one and San, and St. Paul is number two and and San Francisco is number three. Yes. So that's where I got bikeable, which I know we've used before, but in this one that I looked up, Minneapolis was number one. San <laughs> yeah. Francisco was. Okay. Number three. <laughs> yes. Well, we're breaking all the rules here today, y'all. It's all yeah. good. <laughs> well, you did decide to have somebody evil on your show, so yeah. Uh-oh. It's, it's very true. Okay. So uh, now that we've gone through the adjectives <laughs> and uh, definitely didn't have any technical problems, yes. um, let's talk with Mark about how GDC is going. How's GDC, Mark? Uh, yeah. It's been a lot of fun. That's I miss good. you guys a lot. Oh, I miss um, you too. <laughs> I've been so jealous of all your updates. Oh, yeah. I, I was trying to calibrate that so that I was telling you exciting things, but not making you feel like bad for missing them. <laughs> I hope I did okay. You did. Yeah. I, I, was, I was happy for you to see all of those cool things. Uh huh. Uh huh. But you should cool. go over some of those things too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I, what I really want to do is, uh, so Martha and I did a, we did a, a special last year and we kind of went through a lot of the talks we saw. Um, but I feel like that would just be me rattling on, uh, with this phone connection audio for too long. So I'm going to try to hit the highlights. Um, but I saw a lot of, um, uh, I saw a lot of technical talks this year, but I'm also into a bunch of like postmortems. Um, and a couple of really good ones were, um, there's this VR experience uh, that uh, Sony did uh, for um, for Joshua Bell, the a violinist. Okay. Um, oh yeah. That is just like a th- it's like a 360 video. It's not really much to it. And uh, this post mortem was um, them describing that they're taking this 360 video that they wanted to show when they were um, uh, launching the um, uh, the PlayStation VR. And a lot of people said, "Oh, it's okay, but I get kind of sick because it's not it wasn't positionally tracked." Mm. And so they already chopped this video. And they said, okay, well, what could we do to make this a proper for a positionally tracked VR headset? And uh, they ended up just taking the existing, because they couldn't get the musicians back. They couldn't get the location shot. All they had was the footage they shot. Uh-huh. And so they totally retroactively turned it into a 3D modeled, positionally tracked, photogrammetry captured 
experience. Huh. And uh, just hearing hearing them talk about how they did that, which involved a ton of like uh, film techniques, rotoscoping, um, uh, uh, video compositing, a lot more, uh, as much video stuff as as um, as uh, modeling and sort of game application stuff mm-hmm. was really really fascinating. Huh. And so I went to a bunch. I went to a bunch of talks like that, just telling us telling like here's a project we did and here's how we did it. And uh, you know those are like they're kind of more entertainment than anything, but I really, really enjoyed them. <laughs> yeah. So there was one on uh, Gora Goa, which was my nicest Ooh. of 2017. I heard all about the design of that game and just uh, hearing the creator talk about the mix of aesthetic design and gameplay design and the interaction between them. It felt very much like a lot of what we talk about on the show. Mm-hmm. And it made me feel really good about the things we've been saying uh, because someone, someone who did well and made a, nice, a, little, a little masterpiece uh, feels at least uh, uh, close enough to how we feel about it. So well, that was really nice to see. Yeah. And expressed it in a way that was like really compelling hmm. um, in ways that like I know that I've tried to sort of explain, uh, you know, uh, uh, my feelings on, on, on these types of topics, this sort of holistic concept of, of development and uh, that he just sort of like, he just nailed. And so um, I, I, I want to talk to you guys more about that when I get back for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, uh, let's see, what else did I see that was really cool? I saw a talk on budget cuts, Ooh. Um, Ooh. the VR demo that, that blew everyone's socks off uh, last year, or 2016 even. Um, it's being released, uh, it's coming out in May. <gasps> oh, uh, really? They, they didn't release so much as a screenshot after that demo came out. Mm. And, and, that and so, demo was um, so good. <laughs> I know, absolutely. Um, and so the talk was about their, their portal locomotion and just how they built that together, and that was really fun to see. Uh, what else did I see? Oh, you went to the, the arms talk, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. I went and saw a uh, talk on arms. Uh, and yeah, I asked Steven on Twitter, like, hey, Steven, what should I ask uh, during the Q&A? And you gave me a really good question, uh, but they didn't do a Q&A. So. Yeah. What was the question? Steven? Oh, uh, what was the question? What did I ask? I wanted to know like, what uh, inspiration they got from like their online play in, in Mario Kart and Super Smash Bros. and see if they use that. Information for arms, and if they're going to use that for future games as well, uh, I would have loved to know more about that because the talk was much more about uh, uh, concept and design. Mm. And one of the coolest things they showed during that was a prototype video um, of the the first concept, uh, first playable concept for what would eventually become arms. And I, I sort of held my phone steady and got the whole thing and sent it to you guys. Yeah, uh, because I knew Stephen, especially you would appreciate that. So cool. But the thing that was most fascinating. They talked about how uh, um, uh, fighting games have this sort of like um, uh, the, 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 the interrelation between the players and the, the sort of area control uh-huh. and spacing that's really important that Stephen, you talked a lot about in our fighting games episode. And they were saying that, well, we wanted to do a fighting game where you have the camera behind the player, third person. And so sensing depth is like a total problem and basically breaks all the rules of fighting games. Yeah. And then they and so the way they solved that was really about making um, the sort of anticipa- anticipation of the arms stretching across and the fact that for the most part, you always can reach your opponent. And so the matter is not uh, of uh, whether you're timing it exactly right, but whether you're planning it exactly right. Mm-hmm. And that that explains why I like arms so much. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that. Because that's like my final fighting game. Exactly. It sounds exactly like something you'd be amazing at. <laughs> and just hearing hearing them talk about it in those terms was really fascinating because mm-hmm. you, you look at it and it, it just it all comes together in this fun little cute package. But um, the the sort of deep level of thinking they went into it. And the designer was saying like, yeah, I've never made a fighting game before, um, but I have experience from other genres. And so I didn't feel scared. 
And that was a really good message too, because a lot of uh, indie designers, especially every game they make is the first of a type they've ever made. Like uh-huh. not a lot of designers will make the same type of game twice, uh, at least at our level. And so, um, but it can be really daunting. You, you want to do a lot of research. You want to see how those systems work, but you could also just leverage your experience and make, and, and that alone will, will bring new and interesting things to the genre you're coming to. You don't, have to feel like you need to do it the way it's been done or do it right. Yeah. You can, as long as you have enough experience and confidence in it, um, you can make any type of game anytime you yeah. want. And that was a really inspirational message from that talk. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Because I, I think that a lot of people probably, yeah, like you said, they're like, it's daunting to try to make a new kind of thing that you've never made before. Yeah. Like, if I were to make a puzzle game, for example, I'd be scared. <laughs> but maybe I'd bring something uh, uh, new to it that uh, other puzzle games haven't done. So that's a good mm-hmm. perspective. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Of course, Stephen, they've already made Super Puzzle Fighter. <laughs> they have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I guess I can't do that again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you I also went to a postmortem, a classic postmortem on Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh. Um, which was, uh, I, it was really just a bunch of fun stories, like things I hadn't heard before. Um, and the, 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 it was from the lead designer and the lead artist. So a pretty actually rare opportunity for them to talk in the same place about, about it. And um, one of the most interesting things they talked about was the, um, a lot of people know about how Sega sort of commissioned Sonic the Hedgehog as a, let's take on Mario. And there's a sort of a cynicism to that. And it's not untrue, um, but you can really hear the sort of passion that the designers and the creators had in following that brief, like actually doing exactly what they were told by Sega corporate, but also not taking that as a burden, just actually using that as an as a inspiration huh. to find something they wanted to do. And, and one of the interesting things was the artist was saying like, oh, well, these were the sort of like mascots that were like on a short list of things we could do. Do like a dog or someone suggested an old man with a mustache. I wonder why. <laughs> and uh, and, and uh, they said like, well, we wanted to have something that had sort of, you could roll up in a ball. Like that's kind of what they, that, they had that first before they decided to make it a hedgehog. Uh-huh. And so the artist just drew a couple of designs uh, very uh, uh, quick of the different um, candidates for mascot types and then took them to Central Park and stopped people on the street and asked them which one they liked best. Wow! And uh, and and ended up just that. That's how that did the market research by literally just taking out a poster board or something and walking out into Central Park. <laughs> huh. uh, I guess he was visiting New York for some reason. And I just think that's such a silly story of game design long ago that you kind of can't get away with anymore. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, that's that's fascinating. Yeah. Wow, that is really yeah. cool. Did you play any uh, interesting games at GDC? I totally didn't. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and the reason I, the reason I say that is because um, I think that my the, my first year at GDC, you know, I stood in line for the demo of Budget Cuts, mm-hmm. right? Because it was right before all the VR headsets launched, and so like a, getting a, a VR demo is still a pretty rarefied thing. And um, but uh, I, I've done it for three years now, and I don't want to say I'm jaded, but I really wanted to go to talk to people, listen to the talks, yeah. and and certainly I, I demoed a bit of my own game as well. But um, especially on the expo floor. Um, I was not really that interested in trying out the newest thing from Oculus. As much as much as the newest thing from Oculus is like awesome, and I'm excited about it, I didn't. I sort of didn't see that as an opportunity to to try those things. And and, and maybe I'm a little curmudgeonly, but I just was like, nah, I'll play these things later, or yeah. I won't, or whatever. Oh no, uh, it'll be I, fine. I, I get that. If you go to if you go to GDC, it, it, your first GDC, you should really do a lot of that stuff mm-hmm. though, um, just because it helps you sort of. Uh, get in it gives you get excited and get ex- uh, like sort of into the mood of the event um but once you've done that you don't really have to do it again unless there's something particular uh that you totally want to see right like soul caliber 6 for example 
I, I did look for that so <laughs> yeah. I could play it and tell you I played it so to make you jealous, but I didn't find it. So uh, yeah, my brother, he, he was also GDC and he had a hard time finding it as well. Uh, but he yeah. did end up finding it and he played uh, what five rounds, five matches of it or something. And he, you know, oh, nice. he just, destroyed. what's his verdict? He loves that game. I want to play it so bad. That's good. That's good. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to it. Um, so yeah. I, I, you brought up, um, Meeting people at GDC. Um, when my brother yeah. came back, because he, he he was there for a bit, but he only stayed until uh, uh, Thursday. Um, I wanted to yeah. know like how you go about meeting people because he, Charles felt daunted. There were all these people that he like admired and followed on Twitter and all these other things, but he didn't know how to approach yeah. them. He didn't know how to talk to them, and I was wondering how you um, approach that. Well, there's a couple of things. Like, I'm not, uh, I'm not, I don't love networking. Like, mm. I think everyone says that, and it's sort of true of everyone as well. But um, there's a, there's, uh, it's, it just feels daunting because you feel like there's like a strategy or a, something you're supposed to do that you're not. Yeah. But it is, it is literally just a bunch of people in a big building. Like, that's literally all it is. And so, um, in the case, a lot of the speakers, uh, I would go up to them afterwards, and, you know, a lot of people would sort of crowd around uh, the dais at the end uh-huh. and ask additional questions. But a lot of times I would just go there to listen to what other people were saying and then be part of a conversation. And so that was really useful. Um, and then certainly the, the speakers I admired the most that I got the most out of that, that really excited me. Um, I, you know, I told them about the show and I said, I'd love to, we'd love to have you on. Mm-hmm. And many of them seemed excited about that idea. So listeners, uh, hopefully we can follow through on that because I talked to a bunch of really cool people. Uh, and uh, um, I would love to continue that conversation uh, on the show. Um, so that was sort of part of my, uh, that, helped, that helped motivate me, right? Mm-hmm. I wanted to like hand out our flyer and stuff. So it's nice to have something to bring to, to the conversation. Okay. Um, it's all, it's because, and, that, and that's, that's the difference between um, uh, like meeting your hero or, you know, like your hero of game design um, and networking with them, right? Is mm-hmm. to actually have something to talk to them about um, and not just like, hey, I need a job or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, because I think that, right, because there's this sort of, in those sorts of situations, there's definitely this thing in the air of like of this transactional uh, conversations, which is like, I don't understand the, how to have those conversations very well. They, they can be practical, mm-hmm. um, but I don't, I'm not very good at them and I don't think a lot of people are. Um, but you just want to be interesting. You want to leave your business card so that later when they sort through them, like, Oh, I remember that person. And then if you ever follow up with an email, you'll, you'll get their ear. Um, because that's really all it is. It's just, you just, you meet someone, you exchange contact information. It's not complicated, but your success rate is low, right? You meet like hundreds of people. Um, and you talk to maybe a dozen of them with any real depth. And then you maybe talk further with about half of those, and then you maybe end up either doing something with or having additional sort of uh, interactions with maybe one, two or three of those people. Uh-huh. And I think that's even a pretty high amount um, uh, in my estimation. And so I think going in with expectations of like, you know, I, I'm not here to land a job. I'm not here to get that one contact, but be open to having it and to engage in those conversations honestly is pretty important. Uh-huh. Um, but there's, you know, not, it's not just, you know, during the sessions and talks to like, um, I showed off Metro Nexus at a couple of parties, which huh. is for anyone who knows me is like, I hate parties. So like I was just <laughs> grumpy about the whole thing. Um, but what's nice is when, if you're in one place at a party that people come to you and talk to you. Yeah. And so um, that was really great because uh, meeting your peers is really important. Um, like they can't do anything for you except be interesting. And that's uh-huh. super important. Uh-huh. So um, uh, a lot, you know, it was really great to have game design conversations to hear about what they're working on. Um, I talked to a lot of musicians and artists who I would like to contact to work on my games. So oh. I was the one 
uh, th that they were sort of trying to uh, uh, get uh, contacts for. So that was really uh, uh, nice to be on that side of it. Um, but also I had talked to a couple of people um, who were either in uh, uh, publishing or platform holders uh, who I got to have sustained conversations with and make, make a few contacts. And that's just from, you know, having my game out there at a party. I didn't, I didn't like win a slot or, uh, or even pay for them. They just had open tables at some of these events and I showed up early enough. Um, and that's, again, it's just being around is the thing. And I'm not, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not terribly social <laughs> generally. So um, it, it's just, it, you have to put a little work into it. And, yeah. and again, you have to have a reason. You can't just wander around with your business card. Yeah. Um, you have to, you kind of have to either be interesting, have some interesting things like trying to find a hook. But um, if you're in game development and you're going to GDC, you are interesting. So just know what that is and know what, you know, what you want to talk about and, or, or have really lots of great questions. Uh, because sometimes it's great to talk to someone and you don't even get their name or their card. You just had a great conversation and that's not really networking, but that's totally worth. Um, that's one of the great things about uh, an event like this is feeling part of a community. Mm -hmm. And even if that doesn't lead to anything concrete, you've still gotten a lot out of it. Awesome. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's inspiring, frankly. I think my brother needs to hear that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. Um, I um, the mm -hmm. other question I had is uh, there was a lot of talks about unionization in uh, as game. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Martha's on board. <laughs> um, I wanted to know if you heard anything about it. I saw like live tweets about it and stuff, but I mean, obviously, I wasn't. Yeah, there. yeah. So um, it was sort of a, a a bit of a movement that was happening at GDC. Yeah. Uh, certainly in the in the in the AAA industry, especially. There's this culture of crunch, which is just sort of like you know, uh, unpaid overtime at the end of a project um, that is a fairly regular, fairly common uh, for AAA games. And, and certainly, I mean, for indies, you know, we work ourselves uh, stupid all the time. Um, and so maybe we, we, it's, it's hard for us to, to, to uh, empathize. But when you think about it in terms of, of uh, labor structures, um, it becomes very familiar. Yeah. And uh, the, the truth is, is that the uh, game industry workers, developers, artists, um, the designers, producers, everybody. Um, uh, uh, unions are, a, 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 I think, an important step towards um, uh, creating fair work environments, and not just for pay, um, but also for for benefits, for uh, 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 diversity, for everything that's important to the the the, the industry. That um, because it's an industry people are excited to be a part of, it's a lot easier for those companies to exploit workers. Um, not even in a way that they're doing it on purpose, but because the system allows them to do it uh -huh. and it's efficient and marketable and uh, profitable to do that. And uh, those, mot those motives, um, you know, they, they win in the end. And so a union um, can change that. And so there was, a, a, um, uh, there was uh, some discussion from the um, IGDA, which is the Game Developers, the International Game Developers Association, and they are ostensibly meant to represent uh, the interests of game developers. But uh -huh. this uh, week it was fairly clear that what the IDGA actually is, is um, an organization that lobbies on behalf of the games industry. And while they do provide a lot of uh, great services for game developers, and I do very much support it as an organization, um, when it comes to this issue, um, it, the executive director was, uh, you know, gave a couple interviews yeah. and very confusingly came out as anti-union. And it upset a lot of people uh -huh. because uh, it, it says like, well, if this is, if this is our advocacy group, then, um, you know, then what are we even in it for? Like, what, you know, what can we get done? And um, so uh, it was a lot of groundswell. There was a, a roundtable at the event that was well attended and, and well documented on Twitter. I didn't go to it, okay. uh, but you can see accounts on Twitter of how it went. Uh, the discussion basically, um, you know, the, 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 it was essentially the pros and cons of unions, which itself is a bit disingenuous. Um, and, you know, we've talked, we're not political on this show, but I think that it's pretty fair to say that 
uh, unions uh, help workers. And I don't think that's a controversial thing to say. Uh, I don't even think it's that confrontational. So mm-hmm. um, you know, I, don't, I don't mind uh, voicing my own personal support anyway for, for, for that uh, position. And certainly... At GDC, there's a lot of effort. There's a group, uh, Games uh, Games Workers, I think. Um, we'll put we should put it in the show notes. Um, uh, it's a it's a uh, they have a Twitter account. They've made buttons and pins and trying to get the word out. And they've been they had a lot of presence at GDC, not officially, um, but it's been really great because a lot of people who uh, can be affected by that issue were sort of caught up with it and could start to take action. And a lot of people like me, for example, who are not directly affected in but believe in it as a cause, uh, are able to support and be allies to that effort. Um, so that's pretty exciting. And uh, there was some uh, a progress in that the executive director of IDGA uh, did a follow-up statement and said, like, listen, okay, we're, you know, sort of taking the steps towards uh, actually making pro, uh, uh, making the IDGA uh, adopt a pro-union stance. So, yeah. um, so it's, it's, um, it's uh, someone on Twitter just said it very simply, direct action works. Mm-hmm. Um, and so and that, and that it was, a, it was a, it's a theme of this year's GDC and it was really nice to see. Cool. Well, that's awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you happen to get those buttons that we had asked for? <laughs> I, no, I didn't. Oh, no. And Mar- I, Martha, I failed you. I know you wanted them really badly. Oh, no. uh, I asked around. I went, and it's. I don't know what it was, but uh, there. It, I everyone was talking about it, but uh, because it wasn't an official uh, thing, it wasn't. Uh, it was a little bit of a um, a little bit of, a, of an effort to try to get the swag for it. But yeah. I feel. Maybe that's not the most important thing, but I did want to get buttons for you. Oh. So uh, hopefully they'll make them that's available okay. either as a fundraising effort uh, so I can just buy them. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. That'd be cool. Cool. Well, well thanks for trying anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I can hear the sincerity in your voice. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, well, I think, uh, is there anything else you want to bring up, Mark, that you want to? Oh my gosh. I, I have so many notes, you guys. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> But I think uh, I mean I'll just talk about a couple of the the events I went to. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I went, I went to I went again this year to the Day of the Devs showcase <gasps> at the the new mission. Uh, Martha, I know you had a real great time at that one last year. Oh man, um, that was how was it? It was really co- so cool last it year. It was so good. There were there were a couple of repeat appearances. So uh, Nice and Bikes was there again, and uh, 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 it was really interesting to see the progress they'd made in a year. Uh, Dreams uh, that uh, oh. the um, Media Molecule game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they did a demo that was. I mean, that game has been in, in the works for a little while. Um, a little while is my way of saying oh, quite a while. <laughs> and um, and what they showcased was essentially a um, a fully um, a capable um, a music sequencer mixed with a uh, music video editor, all in one thing, controlled by the Move controllers. Huh. And it was amazing like just to see it in action um that that is good i mean uh, media molecule has that his has that legacy or that that uh, pedigree of uh providing games that are also creative tools and dreams is just going all in on that it is essentially a toy box of incredible proportions like um there are going to be so many like uh, i'm thinking of like 13 year olds like who are going to have access to powerful tools that would be that are really only available to professionals and to be able to make um, you know, very simple interfaces, but be able to make really complicated art as long as they put the effort in. And it's just incredible to see it. And it's all wrapped up in this wonderful sort of cute package that rethinks a lot of the interfaces for these types of tools in a, in a, in a more game way, but not in a way that, that dumbs them down. Huh. And just watching a demo of it uh, where somebody put together a, a sequence track and a music video for it uh, in about uh, maybe four times the, the time it took to actually watch it. Um, wow. Just how fast you can put something together is just amazing. Wow. I, I cannot wait for that game to come out. Okay, yeah. that sounds so yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that's, yeah. Also, Martha, 
Martha, there were a lot of crabs in many of the games. I know. Uh, crabs are a thing. We need to get our game out. It's the ah. It's true. Yeah. We need to, we need to get that. We need to make that the yeah. soon. Very soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, like I said, I showed off my game at uh, uh, the other party, which was a, a, um, a party thrown by Game Jolt. And uh, that was pretty fun, but really crowded and very much an industry party. And I didn't have any other fun other than talking to all the cool people. So but that's what you do at a party. So I'm not really being fair. But the other thing I went to was a, uh, a thing put on by the, um, the Portland Indie Game Squad, or, or Pig Squad, as they're called. Uh, it's called Bring Your Own Indie. It was just another place where uh, they, re- they rented out a bar. And like, it's not going to be a club party environment. Uh, just come bring your game and we'll have fun and we'll, we'll, we'll have drinks and we'll talk, we'll talk game dev. And it was like the bar was packed like minute one and it ended up being like a club and it was so crowded. And they said like, okay, after about an hour demoing your game, uh, if someone comes up to you and says, Hey, I have a game, you know, go ahead and give them your spot. And I'm like, okay, great. No problem. And then every hour they would announce on a loudspeaker, Hey, who hasn't shown their game yet? And the problem was nobody volunteered because nobody was being let in the door. Oh. So after, after the first half hour, the whole place was packed. And so there was nobody else available to show a game. And so I felt really terrible at that. But the good news is I got to demo my game for three hours <laughs> until, the fire de- until the fire department shut down the venue. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. That's... Yeah. Whoa. So that's, that's a first for me. Um, but that was a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, in a sense. Like, <laughs> it was an experience, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, it's one of those stories, you know, yeah. like it's pretty good. <laughs> cool. cool. Um, no, but yeah, I had, a, I had a really great time and there was a ton of Minneapolis people out there and I, you know, I run into them uh, left and right. We went out to, you know, dinners and, and lunches together um, and, you know, uh, 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 went between talks together. And so it was as much as I missed you guys, it was nice to have some more of the folks from our community uh, here to to lean on and talk to mm-hmm. and uh, and sort of share our experiences to get a little bit more of the conference than I was able to experience. It was able to get just a, it a little bit more yeah. by sort of absorbing the experiences of the other folks uh, that were down here. So it's really great. And I hope even more of us uh, show up next year um, because it's starting to turn into, you know, a little bit of a crowd and a bunch of uh, Minneapolis devs had games uh, sh- in showcases. Oh, um, uh, uh, Rafi, uh, had his game, uh, the moon squad as part of indie, um, mega indie booth. Uh-huh. Um, um, uh, pin brawl was part of the ID at Xbox showcase. Uh, joggernauts was at the indie exchange. Ooh. Um, it's been, it's been, it was great. Like to see a lot of the people in our community, um, start to get the notice that they're owed basically. Yeah. And, yeah. and to see it in, in, in this event. Uh, and in a bunch of different ways too, like the um, you know seeing uh, what people have done, and you know a couple of Minnesota folks uh, gave talks at the thing too. Mm-hmm. Um, Katie at, uh, from Glitch put out a, a thread uh, documenting a lot of the uh, Minneapolis game dev presence. Uh, so we'll, let's put that in the show notes too. Yeah, for sure. Um, because it's uh, it's a great point of pride that a, a lot of us are actually you know g- uh, starting to get a little attention uh, to this community that we love. We're coming up. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Want- I saw a picture of you at Double Fine? Crushed Mark? Speaking of Dan oh, the right. Yeah, I, I, man, there's so much I'm forgetting to say. Um, yeah, so uh, Glitch did its power leveling program again this year where they um, uh, um, uh, have uh, uh, people come in, they pay for their tickets, mm-hmm. and they have them uh, uh, pair with mentors to show them around the industry. And um, uh, Martha, you and I had done this program a couple years ago. And uh, this and year... Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, I was there. Um, uh, uh, this year, um, uh, Ava asked me to uh, uh, film a couple of the, the the site visits 
and events that that group did um, so that uh, uh, Glitch can sort of put out uh, some information, uh, not just for uh, grant funders to keep the program going, but also for applicants who are like, is this program right for me? Mm-hmm. They can see a little bit of what it is. So I, I had my, I had a camera out and I was filming a couple of these things. And so what that meant is I got to go on a couple of these site visits. Cool. And uh, yeah, we uh, one of them was uh, out to um, to Double Fine, which is really nice. Got to see uh, the, the, the total bananas workplace environment they have there. Um, and then also I got to uh, check out uh, LucasArts uh, uh, the, on, on the last day. Um, I, I headed out there and uh, filmed a little bit uh, uh, before that group took their tour. So it was, it was a cool extra benefit uh, um, for me in exchange for just whip, you know pulling out the camera and, and, and capturing a little bit. So um, again, uh, you know, Glitch as an organization is, does so much for uh, not just uh, those of us who are part of the community, but those of us who are, who are entering the community. And so it's really cool to see. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a good time when we went to powerlifting. I, I learned a lot from that, and my and the mentors that I had there too. So yeah, it was definitely worth. That's rad. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the program gets bigger every year with mm-hmm. more mentors, more attendees, uh, smaller guild sizes, which means more attention from the the people. And it's just just like every glitch program. It's like every year it gets better, and mm-hmm. that's just so so cool to see. Yeah, for sure. That's when I met mm-hmm. Martha. <laughs> well, going to San Francisco. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. You guys met at the airport on the way. Yeah. Right? <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> that, that's pretty good. <laughs> well, awesome. Uh, okay. Well, speaking of airports. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. I know. I, I'm leaving tonight. I, in fact, I have to get out of my hotel. I got a late checkout, but not super late. So I'm going to be kicked out fairly shortly. So oh, I'll okay. probably have to go. Um, but I guess you guys are going to be recording another episode without me. Is that right? Uh, y- yes. Y- yes. <laughs> <laughs> Got to keep on that recording I want, schedule, I listen- Mark. <laughs> I get to yeah, take li- your Listeners place. <laughs> can look forward to that next week, I think. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, t- take care of it anyway, and don't let her cause too much trouble, you guys. <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll do what we can. But she is evil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's only so much you can prevent. Yes. <laughs> All right, Mark. Thanks for talking with us. We'll see you when you get back. Thanks, Mark. Yeah. All right. Bye. That's our show. If you haven't already, subscribe to Nice Games Club in your favorite podcast app and be sure to give it a good review if you liked it or are nice like us. We really need to know that you're out there. So leave a review and tell all your friends, too. And also give us feedback on the feedback form. Oh, Mark, did you tell people at the place to give us feedback on the feedback form? (laughs) I did. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) Well, we also want to hear directly from you. I lied on my plate, Stephen. We also want to hear directly from you. So follow us on Twitter and all the other things at Nice Games Club. Let us know how we're doing. Send us your topics and ask us your questions. Lastly, you can find out more about the show and your nice host, as well as get all of the links and show notes from this and other episodes at NiceGames.club. So until we start again, remember to play nice and make nice.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.